One of the great draws uh, to Western teachings of Vipassana is really this recognition as the Buddha taught that there's 86,000 skillful means. There are many, many ways, as you've noticed, of paying attention to arrive, to come into presence. And one of the great challenges of Western teachings of Vipassana is for many people, it's like this smorgasbord, like, you know, what practice am I going to do this minute? And, you know, what should I be doing today? And which one's better? And which one's going to serve this challenge? And a kind of a lack of riverbank sometimes, a sense of being all over the place. And so um, one of the ways that I find helpful to understand is that there's no way around that in some ways because we're each different and we each have to keep experimenting. It, it takes a kind of courage and curiosity and dedication to keep sensing what really will bring freedom in this life, in this moment. And there are some basics that I hope you feel woven in that we'll keep repeating, which are that if the mind is scattered and busy, it really helps to have a home base, an anchor to collect and to quiet with. Because if there's not some quieting of the mind, the conceptual realm clouds over and we cannot sense the light of awareness. We can't find that space that allows us to have that presence. Some collecting. The other basic guidelines you'll keep hearing here here is to recognize what's happening, name it if that's helpful, but to notice it, and then as well as possible to create a space, a, a gentle space for it you will lace in when to actively arouse loving-kindness or compassion or forgiveness or a sense of handing something to some larger space of loving presence. Whatever it is, that's the experiment. But let the basics be a foundation for you. My way of understanding in, in the largest sense our practice is that there's all these skillful means and they all involve some effort, some directing very light, a skillful effort. And the liberating experience, the experience of realization itself is effortless. Even the word resting doesn't quite get it. We're just being the awareness. And I'd like to encourage you, because we get addicted to the techniques, there's a kind of subtle grasping to doing the techniques and with that some sense of a self trying to do something and have an experience to dissolve that very subtle level of selfing that comes with spiritual practice if you get quiet if it settles to spend some time when you're sitting or when you're walking uh, with the and this is an intention towards effortlessness to uh, not control anything to simply be, to see what happens. Um, and when, there's a, when you sense the controlling happening, this mind that wants to direct, just to notice that, and in the recognition, you'll sense that you're, there's a re-arriving in the space of being. So that's just an invitation today, um, or whenever, if there's a quietness, to experiment with a total non-directing and see what that's like for you. Okay, so anyone that has questions this morning, our mics are ready. I'm curious, um, 
you've touched on gratitude a little bit through some of the other sessions or practices, but do um, is there a specific technique or are there specific practices that deal with more explicitly gratitude? And I just I don't want to get too philosophical here, but I'm really curious about how the Buddhist tradition in general approaches that topic and mm-hmm. what techniques uh, mm-hmm. surround yeah. it. Yeah. So thank you, Jesse, because it's um, when we cultivate gratitude or experience gratitude, there's a sweetness that's almost unparalleled, and it's an expression of freedom. So uh, Pat, the first morning of instructions, uh, described how he starts pretty much every meditation still, and which is, and the Buddha called it gladdening the mind, which is a very intentional practice of refle- reflecting on what you're grateful for. And how to do that more precisely is really going to vary from person to person. But much like the metta, it's see- you're really seeing the goodness, the blessings in your life, and taking time not only to reflect on them, like to have the image or the idea, but to in your body, and this is to me the key point, and this is in metta too, in your body get the visceral sense of what is it like when you're appreciating. The essence of loving kindness is appreciating the goodness. So to reflect on what you're grateful for and then let that feeling uh, wake up through the heart, the chest, your, your whole body being, and, and just to pick several things. That's one way you can formally do it is at the beginning of a sitting. But for many of us, it's um, to be laced through everything. Yeah. So I hope that a little bit, is, was there a follow-up to that or something else you were looking for? No, not so much. Uh, again, without getting too philosophical, like the direction of gratitude is in a lot of... Uh, more explicit faith traditions, there seems to always have, need to be some object or recipient of that. What I like about Buddhism personally is that it doesn't necessarily need to be. Ah. But I wonder... Ah, I see what you're saying. Okay. Yeah, yeah so so in a way, it's... Um, and Tibetan tradition has this more full-blown, which is really devotion, I think, is uh, kind of the, the quality is that where, in a sense, there's a devotion to something outside of yourself and gratitude towards that. Is that what you're getting at? <laughs> Don't walk away, La. <laughs> I'm not sure what I'm getting at, actually. I, I just wonder, is there, is there, does there need to be an object, a, a recipient of that gratitude, or can it just remain abstract? Is there a difference? Uh, can, can gratitude itself be abstract just for everything? Yeah, yeah, can you just yeah. give it and Yeah, when when I um lead practices like to of what am I grateful for or um sometimes I'll have pairs share, you know, what am I what do I appreciate, what do I love? What I'll do is I'll have them use the have the object, you know, of what they love. I I love, you know, cuddling a new baby goat, and then I'll have them feel it in their body and then let go of the object and sense how that visceral sense of gratitude really ultimately is objectless. We use, sometimes objects will awaken our sense of gratitude, but if we let go of the objects, we sense that there's this, this boundless, open, tender space of appreciation that does not rely on any object at all. 
And that's really the same thing with happiness. I mean, that's the deeper experience of freedom, which is that we're happy for no reason. We're grateful for no reason. There's this sense of appreciation that comes from just beingness that just recognizes aliveness, awareness, and love as inherent. And so it's, it doesn't require an object. But it's skillful to intentionally reflect on objects to help us get in touch with it because it's sometimes buried because of our thinking mind. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Hi. Uh, can you speak a little bit about mindful eating and also in ways that we can, I'd say, best appreciate or use our meal times, uh, especially on retreat. It's a place I'm struggling with right now where I, f- I feel like I'm kind of moving too fast. Say the last, I heard the mindfulness of eating, but the last part I didn't quite But hear. also what to do with the rest of our meal time, you know. Um, yeah. I sort of feel like I'm rushing through my food and then going to do the next thing. Okay. Instead of finding a way to be with that with that mm-hmm. time more mindfully. And let me ask you a question. When you sense that leaning forward, moving into the next thing, how are you working with that right now? I think it's a balance between encouraging myself to slow down, but also not trying to tell myself to do something that I don't want to do. So if my body doesn't really want to slow down right now, I don't want to force it to do that, Mm -hmm. Um, but I also have an intention to do that. That's beautiful. I I really want to honor the wisdom in that, that to have the sense as a skillful means that, yes, slowing down is is really helpful, and to sense how your body's doing things and not force anything, but get really interested in the energy that's kind of leaning forward and pushing forward. So you might go ahead and follow it and investigate it at the same time. And you'll find that that will um, actually be very revealing. Just sense, well, what is it that that place in me that wants to go faster? And what happens when I start paying attention to it? So yeah, I, I just want to acknowledge that I feel like you intuited your way to a good way to work with that. And eating meditation, I'm really glad you brought that in. And this will be the last question, um, timing-wise. We often, in many uh, retreat settings, do an eating meditation. We had so much packed in the weekend that we didn't. I a little bit regret it because I find that eating and what goes on around food is so unnamed in these retreats and so charged. Our earliest false refuge is using food to soothe ourselves. And the most of us, not all of us, but most of us have some kind of eating disorder and I'm not pathologizing as much as acknowledging that our relationship isn't one of free and just enjoying the taste and and eating to just nourish. There's a lot of grasping and aversion and a lot of shame around it. So to use the uh, practice time when, when we're eating to really have that intention to hold that whole constellation with a deep kindness and a deep interest is really a gift. The technique, slowing down, noticing 
both the movements of, you know, reaching for the fork, you know, pushing into the food, transporting to mouth, chewing, you know, swallowing. That's very, very useful. It helps me to put a utensil down between bites. Those are things that are just skillful means, not useful for everybody. But more important is this other layer of proliferation, to notice uh, not just the tasting and sensations, but also any of the other layers of energy of wants, fear, shame, etc. And, and to be as forgiving and, and caring about that as possible, because there's a lot of suffering embedded in it. So I hope that's helpful for, for this moment, and thank you for bringing it into the room. Yeah, yeah. Which, um, which really segues to, we are at a very, uh, it's kind of a, a quieter, there's, a, there's a, um, a sense in the retreat, we're kind of in the thick. And it's a really beautiful time. Uh, the word continuity is the best I know to sense this continuity that there's nothing excluded. That it's not that the real time is when we're sitting in here in this hall. The real time is every moment that we arrive, whether we're pushing open a door or whether we're standing in front of the bulletin board or taking a shower. Um, just to bring that same interest. It's not, it's not a vigilant presence. It's a, just an interest and openness to how is it now. And in that, honoring the silence. There's a, a lot of energy around the goats right now, as you know. This might be a good time to continue to totally celebrate and enjoy, but with a quietness. Because it's surprising how much the human voice um, engages, stimulates, brings up wants, fears. It, it, it just brings a lot up that if we're quiet, we can see that realm without being lost in it. And finally, to be protective of each other in your rooms, in your spaces. It's part of the heart space that's here to really want for each of us to have that, that blessing of coming home. So enjoy the day, enjoy the moments, and thank you. <laughs>